the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. Welcome to The Art of Significance with your host, Hall of Fame speaker, New York Times bestselling author, university professor, gold record songwriter, and award-winning athlete, Dan Clark. Get ready for engaging discussions with some of the most influential people in the world who will impart their wisdom, stories, and inspiration on why and how to achieve the level beyond success. Now here's your host, Dan Clark. Welcome. I've missed you. I hope you've missed me. It's been a week. I need you to keep spreading the good word. Invite your friends, your coworkers, your family members to tune in. Obviously, in a podcast recording format, you can get this show on demand. You can go back into the menu and listen to previous shows. And I've had some amazing guests and some amazing Grammy award-winning songwriters, recording artists, CEOs, um, profilers of shooters of the, the the mass murderers right after the horrific day in in Las Vegas. I've had therapists. I'm really proud of the show, and it's building and building and building. You don't want to go anywhere today because I have a reoccurring guest by the name of Jimmy Urie. What an amazing human being, extraordinary songwriter, artist. And this time he's going to be joined by his amazing wife, talented wife, Sonia Isaacs uh, Yuri, and followed by these two amazing folks for the first hour I'll bring on a really dear friend, someone I admire so much. His name's Devin Thorpe, and I think he's the national expert on social entrepreneurship. You don't want to go anywhere because today's theme is starting to take us into the holiday spirit. And I start thinking about things that last forever. In other words, the goal, obviously, in life is not to live forever. It's to create something that will. It's to leave a legacy, so think about it. If you if you think like me and you have a little twisted sense of humor on the day and on reality, maybe you can follow this thinking. There are only two things to worry about. Either you are well or you're sick. If you're well, then there's nothing to worry about. But if you're sick, there are two things to worry about. Either you will get well or you'll get or you'll die. If you get well, there's nothing to worry about. If you die, there are two things to worry about. Either you will go to heaven or you will go to hell. If you go to heaven, there's nothing to worry about. But, but if you go to hell, you'll be so blooming busy shaking hands with friends that you won't have time to worry. Regardless if you're of the Christian religious tradition or not, you could be a, a Muslim friend. You could be a Jewish friend. It doesn't matter to me. The, the lesson from this next little story is so profound, especially this time of year where we celebrate the holidays, whatever that means to you. A preacher's in the middle of his sermon in an upscale, high-end, posh, east-side church. And all of a sudden, the back door of the church opens and in walks a homeless man with dirty, torn, smelly, tarnished clothes and a worn out Bible underneath his armpit. And as he walks into this posh church, he sits down on one of the benches 
And of course, these pompous windbag judgmental people scoot away from him, hold their noses and basically protect their children from this indigent. As soon as the preacher gets through saving souls, he walks off the stand in the church and beelines it straight to the homeless man. He says, hey, sir, look around this posh east, east side church. In a very wealthy church like ours, we have a dress code. So if you ever want to come back again, will you please ask God what you should wear before you enter our doors? And the homeless man says, yeah, I'll do that. Next Sunday, before the service even begins, the same homeless man walks in wearing the same tattered, torn up, dirty, smelly clothes with the same worn out Bible underneath his armpit. He enters the, the same wealthy church and slides into the pew. And of course, these pompous, windbag, judgmental churchgoers scoot away again, protect their children from this homeless indigent hold their noses and they are 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 disgruntled beyond belief and the preacher before he can even start his sermon almost jogs to the homeless man and he says don't you remember our conversation last week that if you were ever going to come back we have a a dress code in a posh church like this and i asked you to ask god what you should wear before you returned and the homeless guy says yeah i remember our conversation and I did ask God what I should wear in this church. And the homeless man, he smiled and he said, so what did God tell you? And the homeless guy says, well, God told me that he didn't know what I should wear in your church because he's never been here before. I hope I step on some toes because I'm so tired of traveling the world and meeting, especially men who wear big hats and don't own any cows. There are so many people in our world who want to practice what they preach, and I want to interrupt them and say, please only preach what you practice. Don't just practice what you preach. Preach only what you practice. I was in a gala event in in Beverly Hills, California many, many years ago, and I, I purchased a table, and I asked some friends to join me. And as we walked in, I'm so used to front row seats, backstage passes. I work hard. I want, when I go to a concert, I want to treat myself and my family and my friends to to class service, first class service. And I walk into this big giant ballroom in Beverly Hills and my friends have gathered there in the lobby. So we, we enter the room together. And as the maitre d' asks me what my name is, I turn left to start walking towards the front of the stage, the front of the ballroom. And the maitre d' says, oh, no, 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 Mr. Clark, follow me. And she takes us all the way to the back of the room. She takes us all the way to the back of the ballroom into a corner. She sits us at a round table and there's not even enough lighting in the corner for us to feel important. And of course, my friends start flipping me crap. Yeah, Clark, you got some good stroke. Yeah, you got some connections. Yeah, tickets on the front row. And I was mortified. I was humiliated until a few minutes later, this gentleman, maitre d', he sits at our table, the elegant, the Academy Award winning, baritone voice, amazing actor of all actors, Gregory Peck. And suddenly... I burst with pride, and I'm just like, whoa, now we're talking. 
And as we start to have a conversation, all of a sudden, this young journalist just comes running up to the table. Oh, my gosh, Gregory Peck, no one's even introduced you. Mind you, the people being introduced were the 90210 Hollywood starlets are up on the stage and everybody's making a big deal out of these new upcoming actors. And here we have this legend sitting at our table. And the journalist says, oh, Mr. Peck, my gosh, they didn't even acknowledge you. Don't you feel shafted? And in his baritone voice, he said, oh, if you have to tell them that you are, then you aren't. And I said, whoa, I wrote that down on the napkin and I had him sign my napkin. I still have it in my collection to this day. What I want us to do is start focusing in on a message as I bring on my first guests after we take our commercial break. Our first guest with Jimmy Yuri, his amazing wife, Sonia. And as I bring on these guests and follow them in the second hour with, as I said, my dear friend, Devin Thorpe, I want you to start thinking about what this holiday season means to you. And again, it doesn't matter if you're a devout religionist. I happen to be a man of faith, and my guests usually are people of faith. What I want you to do, I'm just begging you to slow down long enough during this holiday season to appreciate what it's really about. That it's not about the, 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 the tinsel in the windows and the bells and the, and, 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 and the Santa Clauses or, or even some of the other religious traditions that go on during this time of the year. What I want you to do is do what I challenge myself to do, and that is to look inside of myself and use this day, this time of year to be so introspective. Am I the real deal? Am I making a difference? Does my life matter? How am I using my talents and my platform to change the world? to make people leave me saying, I like me best when I'm with you, I want to see you again. Personally and professionally, the purpose of every relationship, the purpose of every song that is written by extraordinary songwriters like Jimmy Urie, the purpose of every entrepreneur like Devin Thorpe is to somehow couch and package our words and our feelings and our emotions and our philosophies and truly our belief and faith in a way that we don't offend, but we inspire one another, knowing that inspired people don't have to be motivated. That's what this show is about. That's what the Influencers Channel is about. Let's go to commercial break and don't go anywhere. We'll have hit songwriter Jimmy Urie back and obviously joined by his amazing wife, Sonia Isaacs Urie. This is Dan Clark, voiceamerica.com, Influencers Channel. We'll be back in a second. stories be motivated be inspired join us today voice america influencers i just got out of a meeting where the unbelievable dan clark was the keynote speaker he is clearly the most interesting man in the world he's been into space he reminded us to think bigger he's a primary contributor to those chicken soup books and he inspired all of us to make our lives matter 
He taught us how to deal with change like he had to when he had to recover from a paralyzing football injury. Everybody needs to hear his message on leadership and safety and how he turns last place NFL teams into Super Bowl champions. Call this number, 1-800-676-1121 and visit danclark.com. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America Business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop down a line via email to danclark at xmission.com. Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. So welcome back. Welcome back. I'm clipping out of here. I'm so excited I can't talk so loud. As promised, the theme of this day is to get us into the holiday spirit, which is uh, looking at life as a bank or a credit union where you deposit, deposit, deposit. And when it comes time for us to withdraw, it's amazing how people and resources seem to come out of the woodwork to assist us with our charitable causes or to help us with a family member in need or it doesn't really matter. And an individual whom I met uh, uh, quite a while ago, Jimmy Uri, I've had him on the show now a few times, He's one of those individuals who looks at life in my mind, in my heart. He looks at life as a bank, and he continuously deposits and deposits and deposits as a songwriter, as a dad, as a husband, as a community activist, as a new speaker on the the circuit, as an individual who gets it. And wouldn't you know it, because of the law of attraction, which is defined as we attract what we believe we deserve... He found this amazing woman, Sonia Isaacs, to somehow lower her standards and date him and fall in love 
and do everything in her Christian power to lift him up to her level of extraordinary human mm. capacity to become this power yeah, couple of music, of Christian music of Nashville, Tennessee. So having said that, Jimmy, we all make jokes about you overmarried, but this is serious. <laughs> This yeah, is so serious. We've got to have you confess your sins right now. Tell us the quick love story. How did you meet Sonia? And uh, how did you end up in Nashville as this amazing married couple with these beautiful children? Well, i got to tell you that um, I am amazed every day that she's still married to me. So, so, uh, to, so far, so good. But Sonia and I knew each other as kids. We sang gospel music. My family sang gospel music, the Erie family, which nobody had heard of. And then Sonia and her family, the Isaacs, were starting to become very big uh, at the time. And this was about 1984. I was 14 years old. Sonia Isaacs was 10. We sang together. Our families would come together and sing at this little television station in Beattyville, Kentucky. And until the evangelist at that station... Uh, ran away with the cameraman's wife, and everything disbanded, and we didn't see each other for another 30 years, until about wow. 10 years ago, when we reconnected, and my publisher said, hey, you want to write with Sonia Isaacs? And I said, yeah, I would love to write with Sonia, if it's okay that I'm in love with her. And they just laughed and said, well, she's, she's too pretty for you. So, and I said, I'm aware of that, but you didn't have to say that, but... So we got together, we wrote, and got married six months later. We fell madly in love with each other, her more me than, than, than me, her. But, she, but we, have, uh, we have three kids. We have a six-year-old boy, Aiden. We have a two-year-old boy, Gatlin. And we have a nine-month-old, eight-month-old girl, Evie. Wow. And, you know, because huh? we're talking about the holidays and you're such a, an amazing couple of faith, there's got to be a way for listeners to actually believe that it's more than just cliche to say things happen for a reason. It's our responsibility to determine what that reason is, but there seems to be a bigger plan, don't you think? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I've always felt a pulling uh, that, that God was leading me towards, towards Sonia, uh, and not just a small pulling, but a very, I've always felt very powerful about that, and, and I've, I've always made that clear to my close friends, to my mother, specifically Sonia. I never understood it uh, completely. But our, us coming together and our, our roads connecting and our lives being just the way they were at the time that we met to allow us to be able to, to have the life we have um, is certainly um, a huge blessing to me and huge answered prayer to me. And I'll let Sonia elaborate. She's, uh, she's got a prettier voice. So. She's uh, got a little bit of a cold today. You know, our, we both have got some colds, and our, our kids are hacking. And, and uh, here. <laughs> Hi, Dan. Hi, Sonia. I, uh, before you even start to talk, I think it's only fair that our listeners hear a little teeny bit about your background. You're a multi-award winning family group who began singing Isaacs, who began singing as a family as the Isaacs. And Sonia, who you're uh, listening to, my friends, so- Sonia Isaacs Yuri, and is it your sister, Rebecca? Yes. Yeah, you formed this amazing, this amazing uh, band, uh, this amazing group, this amazing influence, we call it, uh, this change in the world through music. 
and you have your own acoustic instruments and you're joined by other band members, obviously, uh, through with instrumentation that appeals to a variety of audiences. And I love to, the, the fact that you are kind of across all genres, blues, folk, country, contemporary, acoustic, and southern gospel. And you've you. recorded, you've, you've, you've hung out with, you've participated, you've shared the platform and the shows with Mark Lowry in Alabama and Big and Rich and Ch- Trisha Yearwood and Merle Haggard and many, many others. And so what everybody needs to know is that Sonia is a superstar as an individual, as a recording artist, as a songwriter. And then when you team her up with the amazing husband, with the amazing Jimmy, uh, you have an incredible, incredible uh, power couple there in Nashville. So continue on with this love story, Sonia. Teach us a little bit about, uh, about how you and Jimmy connected. I want people to realize that after six months being married now for 10 years with three beautiful children and having an amazing professional career, an amazing per- personal relationship, what was your secret? What, how did you know you were in love? How did you fall in love? What were the right questions to ask and the right answers to get in order for you to form this, this perfect union? Well, I think prayer was absolutely the key to finding one another. Um, I had prayed for many years and you know I we both had been married before and um, and we we kind of were on the same path as far as careers where we both were we both had record deals in country music uh, we both had labels that actually ended up folding up before our careers could even take off and we ended up both of us songwriting in Nashville and so we were parallel in our careers and our timeline um, but somehow we kept missing each other for all these years. And, you know, but, but God, I knew in my heart that God was going to bring my soulmate to me one day. And I prayed and I, I was one of those girls that made a list of every quality that I, that I was looking for in a man and a husband. And you know, I prayed about it before I made my list. And then I made my list and, you know, it had things like, um, well, he has to be a Christian. Um, you know, I would love it if he could sing, play an instrument, guitar, write songs. I'd love for him to be taller than me with dark hair and blue eyes and, you know, pretty specific, <laughs> uh, athletic, funny. And uh, after a year or so went by, I thought, maybe I'm being too specific. So I, I went back <laughs> and I altered my, my uh, husband hunt list that I was praying over. And I, you know, I narrowed it down and said, well, it doesn't matter if he has dark hair. He doesn't even have to have hair as long as he's a good guy and a Christian and, you know, funny. And, and he doesn't have to have to play the guitar or sing as long as he really likes music and would be supportive to me. And uh, so I prayed about it some more. And uh, lo and behold, when, when I met Jimmy, he was not only everything on my altered list, but he was everything from my original list as well. And then some. Um, and God really... Um, he brought us together, and I'm just a big advocate of, you know, don't settle, don't don't give up on your dream when it comes to your soulmate and what God has for you. You can't settle uh, for right now when Mr. Right is is just up ahead. You just have to really trust God's timing, and um, and He always He always comes through for you. So when we met, wow. uh, the first day that we wrote together, um, I, I had looked him up on, I guess it was MySpace at the time. And because I always looked up writers that I, I wasn't familiar with, and because I didn't remember him, because I was only ten when we were singing together at this little cable TV show, so because he was four years older, he remembered me 
and my family a lot better than I remembered him. And so I looked him up, and I thought, man, he's really cute, you know, and he's really a great singer, but he probably chews with his mouth open. He's probably, you know, a jerk, or he's probably got some really bad flaws. And so I went into the to the right that day, a little extra made up, you know, and and uh, we just really hit it off. We just started talking about um, the past and, and knowing each other's kids, and, and he reminded me of all this stuff, and it was just awesome. And, uh, you know, our hearts just melted into one that day, and, and we haven't, we've been inseparable since then. So um, wow. God has just really, he's just really proven himself faithful in so many ways in our lives. And, um, and the songwriting part of it has been awesome. You know, I, he's just one of the best writers. You already know this. And the listeners that know him know this. But he's one of the best writers to ever pen a song. And, you mm-hmm. know, we get to write together. We get to sing together. We get to uh, raise kids together. Life is really good because God is, God is good. So hopefully you'll give me at least the the suggestion credit when you come up with this new hit song called The List. As you were just talking and explaining oh, the list. You know, Dan, I'm just I sitting like here it. going, Would I have made the list? Could I have made the list? I mean there's gotta be a hook in there <laughs> I, somewhere. I've already written it, but no, I'm You gotta kidding. do it. <laughs> the list. Would I have made it? You know, heck with you know, heck with David Foster's grown-up Christmas list. Let's just get with the list. This could be the greatest right. love song ever written. Mm-hmm. I like it. So, Do you write songs? Yeah, you yeah. know, but mine aren't real deep like like yours. Mine are more like, had I shot you when I met you, I'd be out of jail by now. So they're really popular <laughs> in prisons and you know places where if I bomb, no one hears. So I'm I'm on a roll. That's awesome. Anyway, let's let's get right to a let's get right to a song. Uh, Jimmy, set this song up. Why wait? Talk to us about what that's about. And and mind you, listeners, you know the the Isaacs have over seven doves in various categories, and we're going to get to a mag- magnificent uh, performance by by the Isaacs. But in the meantime, I want you to I want you to get an inside look on Jimmy. Yuri's mind and heart, how he connects it, and how he obviously is inspired by Sonia as you write your songs. Talk to us about Why Wait, uh, Rascal Flats, how that came about. How did you bring the, the song to them if it was more than just a song plugger? Or how, how, how did you work this magic, my friend? Well, uh, at the time, I had not had a, a number one song yet. And this has been about 10 years ago nine years ago, Sonia and I had just, uh, I believe we had just become engaged. I believe that's right. Yeah. And so I was going into write with a, a writer, Tom Shapiro, and another writer, Neil Thrasher. And so Neil got there before Tom. And so we started talking about our relationships. I was just, all I could talk about at the time was Sonia, because I still couldn't believe uh, I was with her. And so we, I was telling him about we were, we're getting ready to get married. Everybody's going to think uh, we're, um, we're out of our minds because we're just rushing into this thing. But when you know, you know, he starts telling me about his marriage. He's been married 17 years at the time. And we're just, we're just talking about this when you know, you know, and how God works things out. And, and, when, he, and when you know, you just know. And, 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 and making that decision and being very decisive. And he... In his notebook, he said, well, you know, I've got a title called Why Wait? And it would be about our stories. And I said, 
Well, it, it just so happens I have a melody that I, I worked on last night. And so I had a verse course melody, that, no lyric, just melody. And I said, I wonder, what do you think about this melody? So I played the melody for him. He loved it. And we just started, what do you say, girl, we do something crazy. And we just started writing a song about, hey, this might be nuts and far-fetched, and, uh, but let's just go get married. And, and that's a little, um, a lot like Sonia, myself, and, and Neil's story. It was just, a, let's do this. We know. Let's just do it. And so Tom got there, and we wrote the, we wrote the song in about four hours. I went on a cruise with Sonia on a Bill Gaither cruise that she was on. I had no cell service for about five days. When I came back um, from the water and got cell service, I had all these messages on my phone that Rascal Flats had heard the song, had cut the song, and they were considering it for their first single. And it was probably a month later that we got the single, and it was my first number one. And it was a song about Sonia and I, about Sonia being so crazy about me. <laughs> Apparently, that was the fourth verse that was never recorded, but we can always go back, you know, all, all rascal thoughts tell them this is another one. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just so proud of the song. It's, uh, it's every time I hear it, every time I talk about it, it just, it's everything to do with, with Sonia and myself and 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 how everybody just wondered if we were out of our minds, and we've proven them all. Proven them all. Well, it's just wrong. it's more than serendipitous that we've been talking about this before we play this song. So, uh, Kevin is my sound engineer. Let's go right to Rascal Flatts performing "Why Wait" by the amazing Jimmy Urie. Something crazy Quit putting it off You know what I say yeah. Ain't like it ain't gonna happen Forever's a given It's already written Who we kidding baby Come on
Awesome. This is Dan Clark on VoiceAmerica.com, Influencers Channel. My guests are Jimmy Yuri and his amazing wife, Sonia Isaacs Yuri. That was Rascal Flatts recording and, and performing Jimmy Yuri's hit song called Why Wait. Let's go to commercial break and we shall be right back with continued conversation with Jimmy and Sonia. motivated be inspired join us today voice america influencers become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. it's easy and best of all it's free start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top once you've created an account and signed in you can create your own custom library opt into our newsletter search by show host guest or topic of interest or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. If you're an event meeting planner like me, you have two ongoing challenges. You can't afford to have a speaker who bombs. And when you do have an amazing speaker, who in the world do you bring into next year's meeting that will top them? Well, you never have to worry again. Book Dan Clark. Dan Clark is one of the most incredible human beings on the planet. He's been named one of the top 10 speakers in the world. He's known for customizing his speech around your meeting theme. So your people leave with benefits that last a lifetime. Here's the number, 1-800-676-1121. Or just visit danclark.com. Bring compelling points of view into your daily conversations. The SAP Digitalist Flash Briefings can be heard every weekday. Add the SAP Digitalist Flash Briefing as a skill to your Amazon Echo, Echo Dot, and Echo Show. If you don't have Alexa, listen on your favorite podcast sites like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, VoiceAmerica.com, Overcast, TuneIn, and Stitcher. The SAP Digitalist Flash Briefings are published every weekday to keep you up to speed on today's business trends. Just search SAP Digitalist. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're listening to The Art of Significance featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop Dan a line via email to danclark at xmission.com. 
Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. Welcome back. I hope you haven't gone anywhere. My guests are Jimmy and Sonia Yuri. And to correct myself, as I introduce Sonia Isaacs, she comes from she comes from probably the most famous Christian music family recording artist band in in the world. The Isaacs, consisting of Sonia, her beautiful sister Rebecca, her amazing brother Ben, obviously her amazing and talented and extraordinary mother Lily. The four of them are the Isaacs. And what I want to do right now as our time is ticking is to, to just ask you, Sonia, to tell us a little bit about your newest album called Nature's Symphony in 432, which has obviously been nominated for a Grammy and two Dove Awards. And then we're going to be uh, just graced to hear one of your favorite songs from that record. So in the true Bluebird fashion, talk to us a little bit about <laughs> your family, uh, music, and then let's get right into the heart and soul of how you wrote this song, what it's about, and then let's just listen to the, to the recording. Hey, sure. Well, um, my family has been performing together since I was a little girl. My brother and sister and I were very close in age, and we were harmonizing when we were five, six years old. They called us the little gospel chipmunks because we could sing harmony, and our voices were still so high and you know undeveloped back then. And we've grown up on the road just touring together. We've made many, many albums together, and our newest album, Nature's Symphony in 432, has really been um, a work of heart for us because... Um, it, is, it has 15 songs on it. The executive producer of this album is the NFL quarterback legend Terry Bradshaw. That's kind of a, a, a funny story in itself. But Terry's a huge fan of the Isaacs. Um, I met him like three or four years ago at the BMI Songwriter Awards. And um, come to find out, he's a fan of the Isaacs. And we're big fans of his, so we became instant friends. And, and he wanted to, uh, to be involved in our new album. And so he came on board. He actually sings a song on this new album with us, a hymn. But the other 14 songs that are on there are songs that um, my family has written, either my sister and I or Jimmy and my sister and me or, or my sister and I and some other writers. And, um, and the reason I say it's a work of heart is because our family has been through um, no different than, than anyone else listening, but been through a lot of um, storms and dark times the last three or four years. We've overcome sickness. We've overcome um, a grandmother. my grandmother's uh, passing, which I, I must tell you, uh, very interestingly, my grandmother and my grandpa, my mother's parents, are both Jewish-Polish Holocaust survivors. So that legacy that comes on to us is pretty incredible. Um, my dad, who helped start this group um, 40 years ago, uh, is, a, is, the, is the son of a Pentecostal preacher from the hills of eastern Kentucky, Who's, uh, he was the baby child of 17 children, and his father was a Pentecostal preacher. So here you have this, this Kentucky boy who grew up uh, in, in a Pentecostal family but really not knowing Christ, and then you have this Jewish girl who comes from Holocaust survivors. They meet in New York City in a nightclub, and they fall in love and get married, and then through a tragedy in the family, they end up getting married. And uh, I mean, sorry, they get married and through a tragedy in the family, they end up getting uh, going to church and accepting Christ and becoming Christians and singing together. So that's how the Isaacs got started. It's pretty, uh, it's a very deep story, much too deep to get into beyond that. But um, so, so my family has, you know, we've been together through a lot of stuff. And so my grandmother, she lived to be 95 years old, the Holocaust survivor. She passed away in 2014. So 
you know, through things like that, through losing her, um, what my, one of my brother's uh, very close family members um, has been battling addiction, unbeknownst to us, for the last five years. And we didn't find out about it until a couple years ago. Very, very serious issue. Um, my sister overcame anxiety and Crohn's disease. Uh, to be able to get up on stage and perform every night, it's been a struggle for her, but the Lord has touched her. And then for, for Jimmy and me, um, the reason these songs hit so home for us <clears throat> is because in 2014, uh, we were pregnant with um, our second child. We Aiden, our son, was already three years old. And uh, in October, I was six months pregnant with our little girl. And I started hemorrhaging, went into the emergency room, and uh, the ultrasound results came back in. It was about 2 o'clock in the morning, and the doctor came in and said, um, Mr. and Mrs. Yuri, I'm so sorry to tell you, but your baby girl no longer has a heartbeat. And mm-hmm. we don't know why, but her little heart just stopped, and, and she passed away in my womb. And I delivered her. We got to spend precious time with her um, before the funeral home took her, and we had a beautiful service for her. But, you know, when you go through devastating times like like that, you, you really have a subconscious choice to make. Either you're A, going to trust God, or you're B, going to blame God. And we chose to trust Him. And we said, Lord, we know that you said you would work all things for our good. And, and we don't like this, and, and we don't understand it. But we're going to trust you in it. And um, a, a few months after losing her, I wrote this song with my sister and a good friend of ours, Kenna West. Is a great um, gospel music songwriter, but um, but my love for the Lord grew. It, it grew because I needed Him, and He was there for me. And so this experience brought me closer to Him. Well, let's um, let's break that down just a moment for for everyone's benefit. So, writing is therapeutic um, for those listening who have had a tragedy in their lives. Instead of keeping it bottled up inside where it can fester and the infection sets in where it starts to hemorrhage, if you will, and your heart is broken and you can't figure out a way to fix it. Do you recommend that people write? Do you recommend that people drop to their knees and, uh, and, and thank God they're on their feet? What, what, you know, I love you through it. I wish we had time to get to that song that Martina McBride recorded of yours and Jimmy's. Teach us one one lesson before we go right to the song, Sonia. Well, anytime you're you're struggling with with that kind of grief and pain in your life, no matter what it is, and hey, let's face it, the holidays are can be the hardest time of year for a lot of people. Yes, it's the most joyous time, but it can also be the most difficult. Um, anything that you can do to to heal your soul, you need to do it. You need to, if you're an artist, you need to paint it. If you're a writer, you need to write it. If you're a singer, you need to sing it. And one of the most healing things that you can do is to reach out and try to help somebody else that's been through what you've been through. And for us, writing that song, the song you're getting ready to play, and knowing that when I share my testimony on stage night after night, that there are hundreds of people listening that have experienced very similar things, there's so many people out there that have grieved in ways that, that they've never talked about it and they've suppressed it and they've kept it buried inside and they're, and they're dying on the inside because they're, not, um, because they're not grieving it. They're not letting it come out, however that is. And so it's so important to, to, to deal with it you know, externally, not just internally, and helping other people 
to overcome what you've already been through is one of the most therapeutic healing things that anyone can do, especially around the holidays when there are so many people that are that need a hand and need need someone to reach out to them. You know, Sonia, I totally agree. When my dad passed away, I wrote him a letter. I still have it in my top drawer of my library mm-hmm. desk. And uh, it allowed me to get mm-hmm. what was bottled up inside where I could deal with it and feel it and shed yeah. a tear and even laugh when I reminisced on some mm-hmm. of the great memories of my dad. So what's the name wow. of this song? And let's go right to the recording mm-hmm. of the Isaacs. What yes, is it called, called, my friend? I Love You More. I couldn't love you more? No, it's called I Love You More. But I'm saying I couldn't love you more because of your amazing story. Oh, (laughs) thank you. And let's go right to this amazing performance, The Isaacs.
Wow. <clears throat> Jimmy's made me cry before on Drive Your Truck, but that was so, so amazing. Sonia, thank you so much. So how do we get a hold of this album, Nature's Symphony in 432? What does that mean? Um, it's a tuning frequency. Um, the international standard concert tuning is 440, where the A note, when you tune it, it's at 440 hertz, 440 hertz. Um, but 432 is considered nature's frequency. It's, mm. it's a very cool, kind of a long story, but before tuners, before electricity, um, everyone tuned toward to the sounds of nature, to the birds singing, to the bo- brooks babbling, um, to the human voice, which naturally sings in the 432 hertz. And so, so we really did some deep soul searching and investigating into this theory and we found it to be completely true that um, that 432 is the frequency of nature, and it's and you know we wanted to to record this album. Um, it's a healing album. It was healing for us to write it. It was healing mm. for us to record it and to perform it. And so, so we wanted to find the frequency that best soothes our soul, that heals our souls. And this one is it, God. I mean, it's an amazing story. I, you know, it, it's it's in our liner notes in the album, but just how God proved that this was what we were supposed to be doing. So it's a neat, it's a really neat concept of the 432. You know, in the, in the famous discussion, you know, with my involvement with chicken soup for the soul from day one, back in the day, obviously the law of attraction became very, very in vogue. And the definition of law of attraction is we attract what we believe we deserve, but from a scientific perspective, it's about energy, vibration, mm-hmm. and frequency of that energy and vibration. And the archaic explanation is if Jimmy's walking down the road and he's sending out a specific frequency of his energy and vibration, and Sonia is walking towards him and you're not on that same frequency, there's no reason for a double take. There's no connection heart to heart and you pass as two ships passing in the night. But if you're on that same frequency, if you're on that same level, you're exuding the same vibration, the same energy of positive light in a dark world of whatever the case may be. It's no secret that you fell in love in six months and got married. It's no secret that you were able to deal with tragedy in your life and turn the tragedy into triumph and, uh, and give God the glory. Yes. It's such an honor to have you on the show, Sonia. I am so glad. Oh, thank you. This maybe I should never have had Jimmy on the show all this time. You should have been like <laughs> this time. Wow. So, wow, thank you. Oh I'm no, have, he's deflated. I'm have to get the boy going. You know, I have I have another guest, but he is such a dear friend. What? And I know he's tuning in because he's already on cue uh, to come on the show after the commercial break. But what I want the listeners to do is not go anywhere right now. I'm going to wait a minute to take this commercial break before we get to the next guest. And I want to go right to you, Jimmy. Let's talk about this last song that I want that's queued up that I want my listeners to hear in its recorded form. Because last time when I had you on the show, you were a magnificent interview, as you always are, Jimmy. But uh, we couldn't pull off the live presentation because isn't that interesting because of the frequency that was per, that was put out by your guitar that interfered with the frequency of a cell phone or of a recording or broadcast system so that's so mm-hmm. intriguing Sonia, that we would end our talk 
talking about 432 and talking about nature's frequency. This is so amazing to me. This is just one of the great shows more than serendipitous. So, Jimmy, talk to us about this song again, and then we'll go right to the recording. Okay. Well, this is a song. It's a duet by David Lee Murphy and Kenny Chesney. And David Lee Murphy has been an amazing artist in his day, uh, amazing songwriter, has written many, many, many number one songs. And David came to me one day and said that he was going to do a record with, with Chesney, with Kenny Chesney, and that Kenny was going to be uh, a part of it, help produce it, uh, and be very instrumental in the record, and that they wanted to do a duet together. And he had told me that they were considering a song that David and myself and a guy named Chris Stevens had just written called Everything's Going to Be All Right. And just a song about everyday normal people, how they can let go of things, problems, troubles. The story, the story starts out with a guy that's inside of a bar at a beach. He's just got this kind of monkey on his back. He's just kind of the world's kind of beating him up. And this woman serving, uh, serving him there just asked him to look back at a sign on the wall. And the sign says, simply says, everything's going to be all right. And so we tried to write a song around that theme. Um, a lot of stuff has transpired over the last several months. We did not anticipate this being a single. This is a, a three months ago. I had no idea this was going to happen. And today, um, as of today, it's, uh, it's top 30. It's shooting up the charts. Uh, it's, 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 uh, it's really, really, really doing well. And so, but I think it's a great, uh, it's a great thought for today. And, and I'm just really, really proud of this song. And it's such a powerful song to end our our interview and to set the tone for, for my next guest with Devin Thorpe, who's an international superstar when it comes to social entrepreneurship, which means what are you going to do with your talents? What are you going to do with your platform? What are you going to do with your philosophy of life? How are you going to turn your life from successful to significance? And in our troubled world, Jimmy, you come to the rescue again. You know, uh, one of my favorite all-time songs is... is Drive your truck, and we've played that on the air, and I, I, I encourage everyone to go to iTunes and download everything you've heard, especially the newest album by the Isaacs called Nature's Symphony in 432, and any song written by Jimmy Yuri, any song written by Sonia Isaacs Yuri, any song that these two individuals have collaborated on. you changed the world, my friends. I love you. I honor you. And Jimmy, we just got to keep doing this, brother. This is one of, you're one, of, you're one of my great friends and just one of the greatest human beings on the planet. So, well, thank you so I honor much, you and I'm saying goodbye now as we go always, to the recording. Well, I'm going to the recording now and you have a happy holiday and we will talk off air to coordinate our schedules. It's so wonderful to have you on the show, Sonia. Thank you so much. God bless. And let's Thank go you, to my pleasure. My it, this is awesome. Let's go to David Lee Murphy and his duet with Kenny Chesney on a hit song written by Jimmy Yuri. And it basically just explains itself. God bless you. Uh Jimmy, God bless you, Sonia, and thanks for being on my show. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Thanks. She rattled the ass in my plastic cup. I said, yes, ma'am, fill her up. Tell me something good that I don't know. 
Cause this world's been kicking my behind Life ain't been a friend of mine Lately I've been feeling kinda low And she looked back over her shoulder Pointed at the sign hanging up on the wall And said, everything's gonna be alright Everything's gonna be alright And nobody's gotta worry about nothing Don't go hitting that panic button It ain't worth spilling your drink Everything's gonna be Said that's for sure Dropped a few butts in the mason jar Felt those good old neon vibes on me And whatever monkey that was on my back He jumped off just like that Right into the deep blue sea And I look back over her shoulder Thinking about the sun hanging up on the wall Let's say everything's gonna be alright. Everything's gonna be alright. Nobody's gotta worry about nothing. Don't go hitting that panic button. It ain't near as bad as you think. Everything's gonna be Everything's gonna be alright Everything's gonna be alright And nobody's gotta worry about nothing Don't go hitting that panic button It ain't near as bad as you think Everything's gonna be This is Dan Clark. You're listening to the Influencers Channel on VoiceAmerica.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with my next guest, Devin Thorpe, the foremost expert in America, perhaps in the world, on social entrepreneurship. We'll be back in just a moment.
We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. I just got out of a meeting where the unbelievable Dan Clark was the keynote speaker. He is clearly the most interesting man in the world. He's been into space. He reminded us to think bigger. He's a primary contributor to those chicken soup books. And he inspired all of us to make our lives matter. He taught us how to deal with change like he had to when he had to recover from a paralyzing football injury. Everybody needs to hear his message on leadership and safety and how he turns last place NFL teams into Super Bowl champions. Call this number, 1-800-676-1121 and visit danclark.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Influence is often inherited, but more often created from our actions. The Voice America Influencers Channel brings together those who are creating and leading the way and those who will create the road from nowhere in the future. Being an influencer isn't always about being the most important person in the world. It's about being the most influential person in the world around you. A better manager, a better friend, a better marketer or strategic planner. The Voice America Influencers Channel is about becoming better and earning influence. Be an influencer. Join us today. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop Dan a line via email to danclark at xmission.com. Now back to The Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. 
Yes, welcome back. And for those of you who've been tuned in, I hope everybody is still online. An amazing interview with uh, Jimmy Urie, Grammy Award-winning songwriter, multiple number one tunes in country music, and his beautiful wife, Sonia Isaacs, from the famous Isaacs Family Christian Band, uh, internationally acclaimed. And the reason why I have Devin Thorpe, my dear, dear friend, one of my heroes and gurus on the show, is because as a host, I take great pride in packaging the right people in each show to carry out a specific theme. And our theme, for those of you who are just tuning in, has been that life is a bank. Deposit, deposit, deposit. And when it comes time for us to withdraw, people and resources are there. It's an extraordinary uh, excuse it. Um, hmm. Sorry, I'm just looking here. That my. Uh, can you hear me, Devin? All right. Yeah, I hear you. Okay, just checking. I'm just reading a couple of uh, notes from my show callers coming in saying, "Yeah, sometimes it's not as clear as it needs to be." So uh, I'll, I'll keep rolling here, and hopefully we can fix those uh, those faux pas as we go. But what my theme has been today is how do we make a difference? Once we know what our talent is, once we know and have identified our why, our purpose in life, what are we supposed to do about it? Because I'm sure there's an awful lot of people out there who think they know the purpose of life and they agree that the goal is not to live forever. The goal is to create something that will and to be part of something larger than life. But most of the time, people don't pull that trigger. And my next guest, Devin Thorpe, has pulled the trigger at every level. And I want you to listen closely so you understand who this individual is on my show. As a new media journalist, that's a cool idea, and founder of the Your Mark on the World Center, Devin Thorpe has established himself as a champion of social good. As a Forbes contributor with 400 bylines and over 1 million unique readers, he has become a recognized name in the social impact arena. His Your Mark on the World show featuring over 800 celebrities, CEOs, billionaires, entrepreneurs, and others who are out to change the world has been viewed over 200,000 times giving him a recognizable face as well. Previously, Devin served as the CFO of the third largest company on the 2009 Inc. 500 list. He also founded and led an NASD-registered investment bank. After completing a degree in finance at the University of Utah, he earned an MBA from Cornell University, We'll let you in on a few secrets as we continue on. But right now, I want to bring to the the program Devin Thorpe, who channels the idealism of his youth, volunteering whenever and wherever he can with the loving support of his wife, Gail, their son, Dayton, who currently works in San Francisco, California. Devin, I could go on and on and on. Thanks for coming to my show. Dan, it is an honor. It, what an honor! I'm 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 humbled just by the invitation to. Uh, of course, anytime I stand next to you, it's humbling uh, for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is that you're a foot taller than I am. But you are so funny. Now you're a great man. So let's get back to the beginning. So 
How do you serve as the CFO of the third largest company on the 2009 Inc. 500 list? Talk to us about your background. Well, that was an interesting experience, but it goes back to an even earlier job. I was the uh, treasurer at a company called USANA Health Sciences, a very large, successful multinational corporation. And uh, uh, one of my colleagues there uh, and I left near the same time uh, in about the year 2000. We both left and went separate directions. And, uh, you know, whatever, whatever caused it, he went on to be very, very successful uh, and launched a company called Mona V and, and grew it to huge scale. And about seven years after we both left USANA, he gave me a call and said, Devin, I need a new CFO. Are you up for it? And I said, sure. <laughs> and uh, about uh, 11 interviews later, uh, we formalized that uh, understanding and I became the CFO of, of Mona V. And uh, I was there during its heyday. We had, uh, you know, a huge business that uh, was, was thriving and uh, like I said, uh, or you said, it uh, was recognized as the third largest company on the Inc. 500 list in 2009. And uh, really, it was an honor to serve there in that uh, business for a few years. Uh, um, after I left, the company didn't do so well, but, uh, but we had a great run while I was there. You know, I had no, I had no idea about that. Uh, my wife and I were one of the first couples that Henry Marsh sat down with in our basement and uh, family room with the fireplace going and wanted us to invest in Mona V. Maybe I should kick myself, eh? Yeah. You know, the, the people who invested in that business did very, 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 very well. Uh, they got huge dividends that paid back their investment many times over. Uh, Absolutely. Under I'm your sure direction. You've done very well with your money, Dan. I don't worry about you. <laughs> You're so funny. So then what happened? So you cash out. This is Dan Clark speaking, so you're going to have to slap me around a little bit and make sure that the facts are correct. But in my observation of you, Devin, you cash out and you basically say what? You you pause long so, enough to say, what's it all about? Does my life matter? How can I make a difference? I've made enough money. Teach us about that mindset of what happened when you made your next move. So when, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is uh, one day the, uh, the CEO of the company called me into his office and uh, I didn't quite understand why he was so nervous. And we, we had a talk for probably 30 minutes. Uh, and when, when I left, I didn't realize I had been fired. Uh, but the next morning when I came to work, it became clear what had happened. <laughs> Oh my gosh! So uh, anyway, they it were sounds very like my just, junior prom date when I called for a second date and it didn't go as well as I'd hoped. I can relate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'm a little dense, but uh, anyway, they were really very good to me, and and I have uh, not the least animosity toward Henry or uh, any of the other guys there. They're great human beings, and uh, I really admire them in so many ways. But uh, when they gave me the opportunity to do something else, um, my wife was simultaneously retiring from her career as a school teacher. And so suddenly we looked at each other and we said, we don't 
have any reason to be anywhere in the world. Our son is off and, and well taken care of and uh, independent, and so we can do whatever we want. And so uh, we, we investigated a lot of options, but ultimately decided on spending a year in China teaching at South China University of Technology. And that created a space for us to, to really figure out what did we want in the world? What did we want to do? While I was there, I wrote a book called Your Mark on the World, which was about how to use your money for good. And I said to my wonderful, supportive wife, I said, I'd like to do this as a career. Um, I know it's risky, and I don't know how, what shape or form this will really take, but we'll, would you be willing to take this risk with me? And she said, Absolutely. And so I have since pursued the career of an author and very quickly figured out that that meant two other things. I had to continue writing on a regular basis, which has morphed me into a journalist on one hand, and I also needed to become a speaker on the other hand in order to monetize uh, being an author. Um, and so that's that's how my career has largely uh, evolved since then. I. I've started thinking of myself more as an educator than a speaker, but but that general vein, uh, all about gathering information and sharing it, and uh, and with a focus on helping people solve the world's biggest problems: uh, poverty, disease, and uh, climate change. So that's that's what I'm about. And Devin has lived on three continents and visited over thirty countries on six continents. And with guests from around the world on his show, I'm privileged enough to say that you, you, you ran out of guests one day and called me, so I've actually been on your show too. Thank you, brother. Devin brings a global perspective. You, I was thrilled to so, talk to you. You're funny. Devin brings a global perspective to international audiences from the United Nations to Nepal, empowering them to do more good and make their mark on the world. These lessons also enable them to change their personal lives and to drive positive change within their organizations. His books, how many books have you written? Six. Six books provide roadmaps to audiences on how to use money for good. And his books have been read over one million times. Talk to us. Teach us about what, why you were invited to speak at the United Nations and what an honor that was. Well, it, it, it was an unbelievable honor. Um, I've developed a long association with Rotary. Uh, I've been writing about uh, their effort to eradicate polio. I'm a member of Rotary. And every year, the Rotary has a conference, an international conference at the United Nations in partnership with the UN. They call it Rotary at the UN Day. Rotary has a seat at the UN, and so they do this conference every year. And it is a, a phenomenal event. Uh, so I ended up being the afternoon keynote speaker. The, the morning keynote speaker was the uh, Deputy Secretary General of the United Nations. Uh, it, was, it was really pretty intimidating. Uh, the, for him. Uh, for him. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the... Uh, my favorite part of the day was that the, the meeting planner that had put it all together, uh, and I spoke uh, 
among the other speakers on the program were her boss, the president of, of Rotary. And she shot me a text right after my speech. She said, that was the best speech of the day. <laughs> I better not tell your boss. I hope he's not listening. Oh, I love it. I love it. Of course it was. <laughs> and what did you tell them? How long so did you I, speak and what did you the, say? The theme of the conference was just perfectly aligned with my work, and that's probably why they asked me to speak. But, but uh, the theme of the conference was that business can be a part of the solution to global problems. So looking at the uh, sustainable development goals set by the UN to eradicate poverty by 2030, which is, you know, it's a date that's just racing it upon us. But at this conference, we were talking about how business would play a role, and it really is a key role that business plays in this. And so I was talking about that corporate social responsibility role that businesses play, and uh, it was really a fun uh, opportunity to kind of expound on on my passion for that because I really do believe that in general, capitalism is such a powerful force for good, and when companies really adopt a uh, a true through and through culture of trying to be good for the world that they really have uh, unusual power to do so and uh, and then it's just really just pure good happening and so I'm a big fan of of businesses doing good and and so I talked about not only uh, that they can, but how they can just a little bit and, and got people fired up, I hope, to do it. So one of the experiences that I know firsthand as an eyewitness was when you were invited to be the moderator of a panel of literal billionaires with a B and direct their conversation about the significance of social entrepreneurship. For our listeners, can you define what you think social entrepreneurship really is about. And if you can reflect back on that day at the university, brother, what's one of the most important questions you asked? Uh, I can't remember. I think you had Sorensen. I think you had Bob Gay. You might have had a Huntsman. Anyway, there was enough money in the room to to start their own city. And I want to know (laughs) the one key question you asked them. You know, it's interesting. We we all have a tendency in that kind of a discussion to want to agree, and yet those two have somewhat differing philosophies about philanthropy and investing. And it was interesting trying to tease that out. But when I think about social entrepreneurship, I, I think somewhat – they're kind of a broad definition, which I love, which is sort of all social innovation is – in effect, social entrepreneurship. Anytime we're doing something that is new and innovative and it, and it helps the world, that's, that's social entrepreneurship in a broad sense. I tend to think about it a little more narrowly most of the time in that it's a business that exists to solve a social problem that may or may not be a for-profit or a non-profit business. It could be either one. Typically, when I think about social entrepreneurship, it is, a, it is a business that generates at least some revenue from selling a product or service and not just donations, but, but in some cases, and it, it would. Anyway, so talking to these two gentlemen, uh, Jim Sorensen is a huge fan of impact investing, and that is the, the idea that you could invest in social entrepreneurs and in other investment vehicles that would help to create good but also provide a financial return. 
so that it's a non a non-zero financial return investment. Uh, and Jim is a huge fan of that. Bob Gay has made his money kind of the old-fashioned way. Jim made his money, coincidentally, a lot of his money was made by making investments in social enterprise. So he's a big fan of investing in the social enterprise for impact. He's also a generous philanthropist. Bob Gay is more traditional. Make your money on one hand and then use philanthropy to give it away on the other hand. And yet they're both passionate about teaching principles of self-reliance. And so uh, they're both engaged in different programs. Bob has a program that uh, focuses on Africa. Jim has a program that's a little more focused on Nepal and India on uh, social entrepreneurship and community investment there. But they're both doing great work. It's just just really uh, amazing. And, and it was really an honor to sort of try and pin these two giants of philanthropy and social investing and social entrepreneurship down a little bit and talk about their thinking and philosophy about uh, giving and changing the world. So it was a phenomenal day. Yeah, and you were a phenomenal moderator. What an honor for you to be selected. Anyway, so one of my previous guests was Tim Ballard, and he started the uh, Operation Underground Railroad Former Great. CIA guy teams up with the Navy SEALs. You know they have the, the 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 movement to stop sex trafficking, and he and his team of former SEALs and all of the above. They go in and they rescue these young women from these sex trafficking drug lords, if you will. It's extraordinary. And one of the things that really struck me as I was involved invited to the premiere of their movie, Devin was. The opportunity to engage Jim Sorensen in conversation, sitting next to him during the, the, the premiere, but to be part of a conversation where his question as a social entrepreneur was, okay, you rescue these young girls, then what happens? And I noticed that what he wanted to do was make sure that he put his money into the rehabilitation, the retraining, the education, the helping these young girls restore their self-esteem and and deal with their trust and abandonment issues. So in my mind, that's real social entrepreneurship, as you said, which is taking us full circle, Devin. That's what you spend your whole life doing now, trying to solve the world's problems in a holistic way, not just by saying, let's put a Band-Aid on this or that. You, you're you more involved and you're more more interested, from my observation, in the whole solution. Is that correct? Yeah, you make a great point. And boy, you know, Jim and, and Tim thinking about uh, human trafficking uh, really are hitting a great example of how we have to go about this in a holistic way. What Tim does is not just important to the girls that OUR rescues. Um, and it, it, it's certainly important to them. And their work is easy to justify just on the merits of rescuing those girls. But what they do by rescuing girls and at the same time getting the perps in trouble and they end up in jail is on average, what it does is it raises the cost of doing business that way. It raises the cost of human trafficking and prostituting young girls. And 
the people that are doing this are not religiously convicted. They didn't start this business because they thought, oh, this is the true and correct way to make money. It was just an easy way to make money. So if we make that harder for them, if we increase the odds that they're going to spend their, the rest of their lives in jail, we increase the cost of doing business. They have to take more uh, steps to protect themselves, and the economics of that business change, and they become worse, which encourages them, in effect, to go sell counterfeit cell phones instead. And that is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Uh, let's get them off to some less harmful, because they're not, they're not in this for religious reason, they just want money. Let them go make money a less harmful way. And uh, so I think it's hugely impactful. There. At the same time, one of the things that we see over and over with girls and the little boys who are often recovered from these uh, stings is that they are tempted to go back to that lifestyle. And there are two or three reasons for that. One, they're oftentimes kept on drugs. And so they leave addicted to drugs uh, because the only way that the pimps can make them work sometimes is to force them to take drugs. So they end up with a drug addiction that, that then sort of pulls at them. And at the same time, sometimes they get back to a home village in Nepal or Cambodia or wherever it may be, and these poor girls are not welcome at home. They've been spoiled or ruined or deflowered, however they may be perceived in the local culture. And so there are big factors working against them. So Jim is doing exactly the right thing to say, okay, we're going to pick up the ball here. And there are a lot of organizations that are now doing this. And, and OUR coordinates directly with them so that there are, are whole teams of organizations. So wherever they're working in the world, they're, they're not just pulling these girls out and leaving them alone in every place, they're pulling these girls out and then handing them off to another organization that will provide the care and feeding and training and socialization that is necessary to help these girls make a successful transition from sex slave, the worst life you can imagine, to uh, a productive, aspiring, hopeful uh, young person with a bright future. So, yeah, that's the kind of thinking... Um, that it takes to really solve problems. It, we, we, you know, it takes, we can't just work in isolation. And of course, more broadly speaking, to complete your thought, Dan, is this idea that these problems all sort of mush together, right? There wouldn't be any human trafficking if there were no poverty, right? These, these kids almost exclusively are victims of trafficking because they are somehow stuck in a poverty trap of one sort or another. So yes, sir. work on solving poverty. We're working on ending human trafficking as well. So on that note, since I've met you and I've observed you and I've listened to your conversations and I've gotten to know your heart, Devin, what you've taught me, and I, I'm sure you, you, you do it subconsciously, but what you've taught me is that social entrepreneurship is partnering with anybody necessary who has the same passion and the same vision to solve the whole problem. In other words, with all due respect to that isolated charity that wants to go to Africa and build a water well, drill a well, God bless them and congratulations and how can we support you? 
But once that village has water, what about teaching them how to grow crops? Oh, what about shelter? Oh, what about education for their kids? Oh, what about safety? All these elements seem to domino from one exposure to a specific challenge that this village in Africa or this community in Cambodia, as you're mentioning, or wherever wherever we go, it seems to be that so many organizations only pinpoint on one part of the of the challenge. And what you've taught me, brother, is to look at the whole picture from the 90,000-foot perspective of, okay, so yes, we can provide this one piece of the puzzle, but let us get together, let's put our egos aside, and let's put together the entire puzzle, not just adding our puzzle piece, but let's put together all the pieces to solve world issues. And that's such such a, a compliment to you, brother, and that's why you stand out. Well, um, thank you, Dan. And you're, you're exactly right with that. And, and part of that collaboration has to be with the local people you're trying to help to help get their guidance. In most cases, they know exactly what needs to happen. They may just lack critical resources. It may be they, they don't have the money to drill the well or they don't have the money to build the school, but they know what the community needs. And, it's, and working with them, I mean, these are brilliant, hardworking people all around the world. And so partnering with them uh, to sort out the solutions and help them achieve their dreams and help them become self-actualized in the same way that you and I are, it, it's really the, the right strategy, uh, empowering them to become self-reliant uh, and helping them to solve all of those critical issues from water and sanitation to education. And more and more, we're seeing that uh, large and small organizations alike get the importance of collaboration, and, and it is really key. Um, yes, one of the things that, that I really love is the example of the Global Polio Eradication Initiative as a model for collaboration. Um, the Gates Foundation, Rotary International, the U.S. CDC, the World Health Organization, and UNICEF all got together uh, to form the Uh, Global Polio Eradication Initiative, and they work together. And the interesting thing about their their collaboration, and I think this is important for us to remember, is they didn't come together and form a sixth organization that would do one thing. They maintained strict independence. You you can't send a letter to the Global Polio Eradication Initiative because it doesn't have an office. It doesn't really exist. It has no employees. These five organizations just collaborate around this theme. And so it keeps five distinct personalities, five organizations with distinct strengths collaborating to solve uh, one problem. And that model for collaboration is exciting because when we say, oh, that worked to eradicate polio, we could take that same model and apply that to whether we're talking about poverty, climate change, uh, water, sanitation, whatever it is. Uh, in general, that, that model of keeping as, uh, 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 independence, but at the same time maintaining a synergistic collaboration over a long span of time, that is an exciting model as it's proving uh, in my mind and my research. Absolutely. And you're one of the great spokespersons of that model. 
So we need to go to a commercial break, but my guest is Devin Thorpe, one of the world's greatest social entrepreneurs and leaders of individuals like myself who basically need someone like Devin to say, okay, put your money where your mouth is. I'm tired of running around with people with big hats who own no cows. Let's just make a difference. So I appreciate your friendship. As we go to commercial break, let me give you a teaser, listeners. Because it's controversial, this item that Devin talked about called global warming, when we come back in the last few minutes of the show today, I want to just address the pros and cons of that. And because you already introduced the word collaboration, when we come back, we're all going to talk, we're going to talk about how all of us can get involved in whatever you suggest we should get involved in. This is Dan Clark, VoiceAmerica.com, the Influencers Channel. Let's go to commercial break and we'll be back in a minute. stories be motivated be inspired join us today voice america influencers have you had a chance to check out voice america's online magazine and blog press pass if you love our hosts and shows check out articles that give an even deeper perspective plus topics about health and fitness movie reviews philosophy business tips and tactics spirituality positive thought current events and even more about your favorite host it's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. I just got out of a meeting where the unbelievable Dan Clark was the keynote speaker. He is clearly the most interesting man in the world. He's been in the space. He reminded us to think bigger. He's a primary contributor to those chicken soup books, and he inspired all of us to make our lives matter. He taught us how to deal with change like he had to when he had to recover from a paralyzing football injury. Everybody needs to hear his message on leadership and safety and how he turns last place NFL teams into Super Bowl champions. Call this number, 1-800-676-1121, and visit danclark.com. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Get the latest insights on disruptive technologies and trends that are impacting the digital economy. Listen to the SAP Digitalist Flash Briefings and take your business to the next level. Just add the SAP Digitalist Flash Briefing as a skill to your Amazon Echo, Echo Dot, or Echo View. The SAP Digitalist Flash Briefings are also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, VoiceAmerica.com, Overcast, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Be in the know with the SAP Digitalist Flash Briefings. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. 
or drop Dan a line via email to danclark at xmission.com. Now back to the art of significance. Here again is Dan Clark. With my guest, Devin Thorpe, the nation's foremost authority on social entrepreneurship, and maybe not just an authority, he's an advocate. He's an educator of why we need to get involved and and be more philanthropic. And I know Devin's heart basically bleeds service before self. You're just one of the great friends I have in my life, and I just love you so much, Devin. It's an honor to have you on the show. Well, Dan, so, the honor is all mine. I, I so admire you in so many ways, and I've had the opportunity over the last several years to get to know you in a profound way and to see your character uh, demonstrated in so many different ways. You are just a great human being and a great role model for me, and I appreciate you. No, you're so good. So as promised, as the teaser um, was was presented before this last commercial break, the controversy in the world, uh, especially with Trump pulling us out of the accord there in Paris, the discussion on global warming is on a lot of people's minds. And I just need to be completely honest here, Devin. I was never an environmentalist. I never really paid attention. And I know that when I would go hiking and we would love to camp or do whatever we need to do in the wild, in the wilderness, when we saw trash or we saw something that was out of place, it broke our hearts and it would anger me. Like, why didn't they take it to the recycling bin or whatever? But it wasn't until I went up into space and had that 90,000 foot over 16 mile perspective on Mother Earth where I finally got it, that it's not my water, it's our water. It's not my air, it's our air. And that we're all interconnected and interdependent, and we better take care of Mother Earth to the best of our abilities, regardless of our ethnicity, regardless of our political bias. And so in all senses of the word, I landed and instantaneously became an environmentalist and a champion of we better take care of our land, water, we better take care of Mother Earth. So having said that, it's easy to convert people very quickly because I was converted in a five-hour adventure to the edge of space. Teach us about your perspective on global warming, then I'm going to be the devil's advocate and throw out something that a general, three-star general in Alaska at the Northern Command there told myself as we were up there uh, as I was there speaking maybe six, seven weeks ago, and we definitely uh, only have about seven or eight minutes left. So t- teach us about global warming, the collaboration that you're requesting of us, then I will interrupt and throw out what I heard, and then you can respond to that as we go off the air. Well, let me, let me try and make this point this way, uh, Dan, and I hope this is in the spirit you're looking for, but we oftentimes when we talk about climate change and global warming, we hear numbers like uh, two degrees of difference in temperature. And in the United States, that is a problem. Um, And here's why. When we talk about two degrees, we're talking about two degrees centigrade. And when we're really, uh, Americans, we think in degrees Fahrenheit. So when we think about two degrees on a hot summer day, because we're talking about global warming, we think about the difference between 90 and 92 degrees, and we can't conceive that that matters. But we're really not talking about two degrees 
Fahrenheit, we're talking about almost 5 degrees Fahrenheit. And the average temperature on the planet isn't 90 degrees, right? The average temperature on the planet in centigrade is about 12 degrees. So a 2-degree shift in climate is almost a 20% swing in temperature. And so what we're talking about is a massive shift in the Earth's temperature, not a subtle one. And I think that's lost on us when on Americans because we use Fahrenheit and two degrees doesn't sound like much, especially in the summer. But when you put it into this other context, you realize, oh, wow, a, nearly a 20% change in temperature would be potentially catastrophic. It's easy to sort of get how that would really change the planet. And that's why. And uh, I think one reason why we as Americans struggle to, to conceive how a couple of degrees matters. But um, that's just one way to think about it. Okay, so that's brilliant as you are the educator. So here, here's my question, brother. So General Wilsbach, he could in fact become the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. He's so well respected. He's currently a three-star Air Force general. And he is in Alaska. And so he explained to me in the brief prior to me speaking to all the troops up there at Joint Base uh, Elmendorf-Richardson, that most people look at the Earth uh, on a map that's flat. So we think everything is so far away. But from the North Pole, looking down on the globe, from Alaska, you can get anywhere in the world in nine hours. And it shrunk my understanding of the globe, of Mother Earth. And what he said, Devin, is... Regardless of what any politician or scientist says, no matter what anyone wants to argue, we definitely have global warming. We definitely have a climate change. Irrefutable, here is the map. And you would be so curious to see the map that he put up on the screen, brother, where it showed what the glacier um, topography or geography or whatever the word is, whatever that snapshot of the glacier coverage of the North Pole area or region was only a few years ago and how much it has shrunk. He said, it's right. irrefutable. We have climate change. But here's what he said. There's nothing that humans can do about it. So, so way in, brother. He said, there's nothing yeah. we can do to stop it, regardless if everybody stopped driving cars all on the same day or the yeah. cows start, stopped flagellating out in the middle of the <laughs> fields in Kansas. It does, he said, it's a, it's, a, it's a phenomenon that we really can't, as humans, can't really dent. We can't really change what's happening. I want you to comment on that and argue it until you turn blue in the face. <laughs> well, I, I certainly there are a lot of people uh, who fear that, including some who are uh, passionate uh, believers in all of the science, right? Because some sometimes scientists look and say it's now too late. Uh, most most wouldn't say that, but certainly some say it's too late for us to save ourselves, uh, and we need to focus on mitigation instead of prevention. Um, but I think the consensus view is that there is still time to do, to do something. And I hear what the general is saying may not be a, a fatalistic 
scientists' view that it's too late, but instead a skeptic's view that our actions don't really influence it. Uh, but certainly the consensus, the strong consensus of scientists, and there have been 12 peer-reviewed studies on the question of consensus, and all 12 of the peer-reviewed studies on consensus agree that 97% of climate scientists agree that global warming is happening and that it is caused by human activity. And so the implication clearly is that a change in human activity would change the trajectory. And the calculation that is the consensus calculation is that there are a finite number of tons, and I don't recall the number offhand, a finite number of tons of carbon that we can emit before the, there will be too much carbon in the air for us to prevent uh, catastrophic effects of climate change. And there is an agreed-upon number, and we are rapidly approaching that number. The good news is we, we shifted about three years ago, and until three years ago, we'd never had economic growth and a reduction in fossil fuel consumption until three years ago. And now we're on a steady trajectory of global economic growth and declining use of fossil fuels. If I we accelerate it. that pattern, and I think we can because renewable energy is getting cheaper every day. Yes, sir. Uh, and cheaper uh, now, now, right now, this minute, cheaper now than continuing to burn coal. So all we need to do is continue to invest in renewable energy, and we will quickly, quickly transform this planet from one that consumes massive quantities of fossil fuels every year to one that relies uh, predominantly and soon entirely on renewable fuels and uh, renewable energy. I'm excited about that. I think we're going to do it. And it's not going to be painful. It's going to be fun. The new Tesla Roadster will go zero to 60 in 1.9 seconds. Yep. Yeah, I just, uh, I just got a ride. Solar energy and no one is going to be complaining about uh, the effects of climate change and uh, the change in our lifestyle. And Tesla just released the new 18-wheeler, the tractor-trailer. We only have about 30 seconds, Devin. Instead of me capstoning this two-hour show, teach us in just a, a few words why we all need to get involved so we don't die with our music still in us. Collaboration, climate change, social entrepreneurship, whatever it is, teach us why we need to follow your example and get more involved so we we make a difference and leave that legacy that Devin Thorpe is so famous for. I think, Dan, that uh, the the key thing is uh, to follow the example of Dan Clark. The the people who are listening are listening uh, to you because of you, and I, I want you to see the incredible integrity of a life lived uh, around purpose and mission and passion and seek to live your own life of purpose, mission, and passion, just like Dan Clark. And uh, if we so all kind. do good and we all do good together, we're set. So in, in, in 
15 seconds, how do we tune into your program, your famous Forbes magazine uh, broadcast yeah, radio show? Teach us. How do we get how do my we find stuff? Is to, yeah, just visit devinthorpe.com. It's D E V I N T H O R P E.com, and you can get everywhere from there. Your books, your podcasts, everything to, to, to go. Yep. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dan Clark on VoiceAmerica.com, the Influencers Channel. I hope you've enjoyed this this two hours together. Tune in next week. We always have interesting guests. Devin Thorpe has set the tone that's raised the bar for everyone who follows. In other words, he's he doesn't just talk the talk. He walks the walk. I love you, brother. I honor you. Happy holidays, and we'll definitely connect off, off air. And God bless you and your beautiful Gail and your amazing son. So you have a great day and thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for being part of the show. Be sure to join Dan Clark next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time for another edition of The Art of Significance on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Remember, you too can achieve the level beyond success. 